Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Start Local, a podcast focused on helping small businesses in Chester County, PA, and the greater Philly area as we navigate through this new COVID-19 economy. My name's Joe Casabona, and I'm here with my co-host, Liam Dempsey. Liam, how are you? Joe, fantastic. Thank you. Awesome. I know. I, I feel like co-hosts, we're the same... We're both co-hosts, I guess. I never know how to word that. Anyway, uh, we are here with... I'm comfortable (laughs) with however you're saying it. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, We are here with our good friend and fellow uh, tech company owner, uh, Brad Williams. Brad is the CEO and co-founder of Web Dev Studios, a fully remote WordPress agency. Brad, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on, guys. Hey, thanks for coming on. We really appreciate it. Uh, we're excited to talk to you today because we're going to talk about something that's near and dear to all of our hearts, but you do it on a different scale than both Liam and I, and that's remote working. But first, why don't you tell the audience a little bit about who you are and what you do? Sure. Yeah. So as you said, I'm Brad Williams. I uh, founded a company called Web Dev Studios. We are a 100% uh, remote-based uh, company. Um, I'm actually located in uh, Montgomery County, just outside of Philadelphia. So I am technically our company is based um, in the Philly area. Um, however, we're remote, we're distributed, right? So we don't have an, uh, you know, quote unquote, central centralized office, I guess that would be my house. Um, you know, <laughs> we specialize in WordPress design and development. So building really amazing um, websites and uh, online experiences for for some pretty big brands like Microsoft and the NBA and, um, you know, others. So, uh, we've been remote for, um, over 10 years now. So this is not, you know, given the situation, everything that's going on and some of the things we're going to dig into, this is not, um, a new setup for us. This is what we've been doing, uh, for a long time, you know, and, uh, you know, we've gotten very good at it over the years. Um, so I'm excited to kind of dig in and talk about it a little bit. Awesome. Now I know Liam's going to, going to tee you up with the your first question but uh just to set the stage how big is your company so we have 40 uh full-time employees at webdev brad you shared that you've been remote the company's been remote for 10 years and that you're at 40 now and you've been over 20 for 20 employees for a good long time right and 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 over 30 uh for at least a few years anyway and what I want to want to ask you about is, as other professional services firms find themselves in a forced remote environment, and it's gone on long enough that they've probably discovered that remote actually isn't a terrible way to do business. There's a lot of upsides to it. There's a lot of advantages to it. I have two questions for you. One is, what would be some recommendations that you would share with firm owners or firm leaders, professional services firm leaders, to think about how they might want to either structure their business, structure their technology setup. You know, if you're going to have a remote company, think about these things. And the other question, and, on, and if you don't remember it in a few minutes, I'll certainly ask it again, is wh- what are some of the key advantages that you've found after 10 years of working remotely and leading a, a company remotely? Yeah, so um, all great questions. And, you know, obviously with everything that's going on, there's been a big focus on work remote because – We've all, many companies have been forced into that situation, um, you know, for, to, to be safe, for the safety of their, their uh, employees and their families um, and friends. So, um, 
when I when I talk about this, the topic of working remote, I always keep it in the context of we've been doing this for ten years and we've built a company to be remote. But there's many companies out there that are remote right now, and it won't potentially they may have some kind of remote contingent ongoing forever. Uh, but many companies are just doing this, um, you know, to get by, right? To continue moving the needle and and growing their business but with no intention of kind of staying there, right? Once everything gets back, uh, you know, hopefully in, in a safe environment, people will be going back to the offices, right? So I think we do we do need to think of it in that context because everything that we do at my company, it's not always going to fit into a, necessarily into someone's process that is doing this as a temporary solution. I think some of the advice um, does fit well, and that's, I'm sure, what we'll be talking about today. Um, but I like to kind of put that in context. I think it's important that people think about that just because I've been doing it for 10 years. My company's been doing it for 10 years. Um, it doesn't mean everything that we do is going to work in more of a temporary situation. I know what some of the advice I would give, whether you're doing this temporarily or looking to transition to this or have some kind of hybrid approach, um, is really, you know, make it very clear to your employees what your expectations are um, as, as in a remote employee. You know, if I'm an employee at your company, what are you, what are your expectations for me? Um, and what I mean by that is, when you know, we're everyone's using a lot of the similar tools, right? We're on Zoom right now. Zoom is really extremely popular. Um, a lot of people are using it. A lot of people are using it for the first time just in the past couple months. I mean, I got my dad on Zoom, which is amazing that he was able to do it. But once you get in there, it's actually pretty easy. Um, Slack is another one that many of us are familiar with, and many companies are starting to utilize if they weren't already. Um, but set, you know, clear expectations, just like we do with our clients. We want very clear expectations. Um, things like, you know, do you expect me to say hi in the morning? You know, when I log in for work, you know, we like our employees to just say hi, say hello, say good morning. You know, um, it just says, hey, they have logged in and they are there and they're saying hi to the company, hi to the team. Um, and in that way, if, you know, if someone, you know, it might catch the attention of a team member or somebody, if someone doesn't log in and say hi, like, oh, where is that person? Are they okay? Are they um, do we need to check in on them? Maybe they overslept. Maybe there's an emergency. Maybe they just forgot to say hi, right? But, you know, we make that clear expectation. Like when you log in in the morning and when you're done for the end of the day, um, you know, drop it in the journal chat. Just say, all, all set for the day. I'll see you guys tomorrow. Um, have a good night, you know. Um, you know, what is the expectation of responsiveness? If I send you a message, you know, am I expecting a, a response immediately? Um, am I expecting a response the same day? within the same week, you know, um, I, you know, there, there could be a lot of stressors on, you know, somebody pings me in Slack or whatever tool you might be using. Maybe Microsoft Teams is another very popular one. Um, do I need to drop everything and respond to them or not? Um, again, set clear, clear guidance there. Uh, my, my position on that is you should, there shouldn't be an expectation to respond right away unless it's a, you know, the old pagers, you'd page somebody and put like 911 exclamation mark, you know, whatever at the end. Okay, so then maybe you should respond right away because there's an emergency. But, um, you know, the expectation should be, here's a message, respond when you have time. I'm throwing it out there for you. This is something I need you to answer at some point, you know. Um, but maybe it's not a drop everything type of situation, right? So I think just setting some clear expectations, clear guidance for your team so that they're not just kind of swimming around lost and wondering, like, should I be talk checking in? Should I be talking to somebody? Like, I'm going to go take my dog for a walk. Do I need to tell somebody? Because I won't be at my computer for 30 minutes. Or I need to go to the bathroom. Do I need to tell somebody? Like, we, we generally tell our team, look, if you're going to step away for more than, you know, 10, 15 minutes, just let somebody know. You don't have to blast it out to the whole company. Maybe it's just your direct manager. Maybe it's your project team. 
Um, I don't need to know every time you go to the bathroom, <laughs> you know. Uh, but if you're going to step away for 15, 20 minutes, let somebody know. That way, if we're, someone's trying to get a hold of you and it's an emergency, somebody knows where you're at, you know. Um, one of the worst things that can really happen is if you just, you know, in a remote situation, is if the person you're, anyone's trying to get a hold of, there's a true emergency, but you can't get a hold of somebody and you don't know why. That's a really bad situation. Um, so I think that's definitely one I would urge people is just sit down as a, as a leadership team, as a management team, as a owner of a company, um, and just to find some of those things. They may seem very simple, but that can be, that can be stressful for employees in a new situation, like this new environment when they don't really know what they should be doing. Um, using Slack or using Zoom or using you know Teams or whatever that might look like. Yeah, that's good advice, and I think it's particularly true because we don't get confirmation notices. So I've sent you an email, I've sent you a Slack message. It looks like it got through on my side, but you know certainly we've we've had text messages that arrive at three in the morning, and we wake up, who the heck is he? And then we respond to it the next morning, and the president, oh yeah, I sent that to you at five in the afternoon. I have no idea why it made it through to you at three in the morning. So knowing who's available and when is is really kind of augmenting the limitations of technology isn't it it is i uh one thing we do within our slack profile so we have employees primarily all over the u.s um again we've been remote for a while so you know east north south west all over we have a few canadians and then we have a few employees over in overseas asia um and um, so we've had to kind of really, one, understand when employees' working hours are, right? So we primarily work East Coast time, but not always. We have, you know, we have a support division that supports people 24-7. Um, so within our Slack profiles, we actually set our working hours. So that way, if I ever forget, I can just click on someone's profile and say, oh, yeah, Brad works. He's 9 to 5 um, Eastern, you know, or so-and-so's working, you know, West Coast hours. So I know, oh, they're not going to be in until, you know, 11 or 12 Eastern time, you know, so I can, I can hold off and ping them then, um, you know, set up those notifications, like it, users within Slack or any, any tool you're using, you can set up those, those notification, uh, rules of saying, Hey, if it, you know, let me know if I get pinged within these certain hours. Right. But if somebody pings me after 10 o'clock at night, just like on our phones, right. They go into do not disturb. But if someone pings me after 10 o'clock at night, I don't need to know about it till the next day. You know, you don't need to pop up on my phone and say, you know, so-and-so drop you a message. I'll see you in the morning. You know, so set those, you know, set, put those settings in place. Um, now, unless you're in a position where you need to be notified 24-7, then make sure it works that way. Um, but those has helped, you know, to make sure. I, I, I really do my best because I, you know, as an owner of a company, I'm sure you and your listeners can appreciate, like, we're always around, right? Um, I'm always peeking into Slack, you know, at 10 o'clock at night or on a weekend randomly just because it's what I do. You know, I'm a business owner, so I'm always going to be kind of keeping tabs on things. Uh, and I'll get random ideas and my team, I'm notorious for this at the company and my team knows, but I'll get random thoughts and ideas and things I don't want to forget. And I'll just set, I love Slack reminders. I'll set Slack reminder, you know, remind, you know, remind Joe, uh, talk to Brad about this tomorrow morning. And at 9am the next morning, Joe will get the message automatically from Slack. Sometimes I even forget I do this and then someone will hit me up like, oh yeah, I'm supposed to talk to you about this. I'm like, oh yeah, that's why I set the reminder. Cause I totally forgot. Um, those are helpful because that way I'm not sending the message. The message isn't being sent. It's kind of like that idea of scheduling emails. You guys ever do that where you can like you write an email at 2 a.m. And you're like, if I send this right now, my client's going to think I'm in, I'm insane. Let me schedule this to send at like 8 in the morning. You know, <laughs> it's the same concept, right? It just shoots those messages out the next day at appropriate time. But that way you don't forget. And that's why I love reminders. And if someone pings me and I'm like right in the middle of something and I know I need to get back to that, 
I'll just snooze it for 20 minutes. Say, so, yeah, remind me in 20 minutes, you know, and then you can keep snoozing it until you finally get around to it. But that way it doesn't, um, you don't forget, you know. So I really, I really love the idea of Slack reminders. They're very helpful for me. Yeah, I, I love that. I love, I love that you said, like, uh, say hi in the morning. And then the same thing with saying goodbye. I think just like telling people, hey, I'm, I'm banging out for the day. Um, let them say, okay, Joe's not going to be around for the, until tomorrow now. Like, I'm only going to message him or set a reminder if I need to. Um, but, you know, the, the way you're talking about it, it, it does sound like, you know, you're treating Slack all, not quite like email, like, but like some middle ground between like uh, email and just walking into somebody's office. Right. Because if we've worked an office job, you'll know that people will just drop in and be like, hey, are you busy? Oh, I'm not anymore. Um, so. I, I like that, like stating the, the office hours um, or the working hours and stating, uh, you know, when you're you're when you're going to be here and uh, then saying goodbye in the evening. Um, well, do you do you have any advice? Because I've I've got this feeling, too, um, even though I've worked remote pretty much my whole life. You know, when I went to work at a new company, I felt like I needed to be there and on call and, and be available to be a good employee. But especially for people who are doing this for the first time, do you have any advice for those people who might like have the urge to respond if they see the message at 10 o'clock at night um, or three in the morning? You know, I've seen like I've worked with people who have done that. They felt like they needed to respond. What would you say to employees who, who have that impulse? How can they fight it or how can they um, try to relax that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, you kind of got to, you know, hold yourself accountable a little bit. Um, you know, I, and honestly, like you kind of also have to, um, yeah, make it one, make it clear, like when the working hours are that we talk about, but two also kind of set those boundaries of when you're working versus not working. Right. And when you're in a remote situation, sometimes that can be mentally, like that can be difficult because if you're, again, if you're new to this, you probably don't have, you know, maybe you do, maybe don't, but most people probably don't have a home office set up, right? They're probably sitting at their kitchen table or, you know, in their, on their couch or whatever that, you know, might be. Um, so you're not, there's not this clear definition of when I'm necessarily in work, you know, quote unquote work mode versus, you know, home mode. Um, it's something I recommend for people that are doing this full time working remote. I recommend a home office, right? Somewhere like I have a home office, and it's a legit office, right? It's it's not big. It's small. And my, my wife works at the company with me. That's a whole other podcast topic um, of how that works. <laughs> but, um, but in our office, it's like we have two workstations set up, filing cabinets, you know, files, paperwork, printers, you know, you walk in and it feels like you're, you're in an office because that's what it is. So when I'm in there, my mindset is immediately work mode, you know. Now, I'm also not the norm, again, being um a company owner because i generally you know i work on my couch i'm a recliner a lot i might be sitting outside on a nice day working you know so um but having that definition can help but i understand a lot of people are not in that position right so it's having clear boundaries and making sure that your team is clear on that making sure your management understands that um the leadership team the executives whoever that might be that you know these are my working hours these are the hours i will be reachable um, obviously if there's an emergency, you can always call my phone. Like if I'm ever going to be away from my computer during, especially during a work day for whatever reason, I'll just tell the team, if you really need me, call me, you know, I got my phone on me. If you call me, I'll answer. Uh, but set those clear boundaries and do your best to, to hold yourself accountable. Sometimes it's hard. Like I, I'll sit on my laptop 
you know, just doing whatever in the evening and almost by habit, next thing I know I'm in my email. And I'm like, how did that even happen? I'm like looking at my email right now at 1030 at night. Like why? There's nothing in here I need to do right now. There's no reason for me to be in my email right now. It's just a habit. Um, so set those clear boundaries and try to do your best to hold yourself accountable. Sometimes it can be hard. Um, but I think as long as your team understands your boundaries, that will be helpful. Then it's just really on you kind of controlling yourself at that point. Yeah, I, I think that's great advice. Um, and just just for a little bit of context, like I have a home office, uh, we bought a house and I love it. Um, but like since daycare has been closed, uh, that's been even a little bit relaxed for me where sometimes I'll work in the dining room now while my daughter has like her iPad time. So um, but having having that clear boundary can be hard, especially if you, you're not set up for it. But uh, it's also um, I think it's it's really important to have that context. Yeah. And just to you know, that's actually a good point you mentioned, because obviously I'm used to working from home. What I'm not used to is my four year old being here uh, because he's in, generally in preschool. So that is that is, you know, as far as everything has been affected, that's pretty minor considering what other people are going through in terms of working from home for the first time. But, you know, having my son here, you know, you have to account, you have to expect the unexpected <laughs> with young kids. Um, but you know what, like embrace it. I mean, when all of this, you know, went down, um, you know, we, we started, Lisa, my partner and I started having conversations about what can we do to help alleviate some of the stressors at home. And, and one of them was like, you know, one, don't, don't worry about whether your camera's on or not right now. You know, like, yes, it's nice to have your camera on and see your team. And we generally really like to do that because we're remote. We don't get it. We don't, we're not in an office. So we don't get to see our team a lot. So when we are talking, we like to be on camera. But you know what? Right now, if you have a re if you want your camera off because your kids run around behind you or maybe they're sitting on your lap, like, fine, no problem. You know, if that, if, if that little thing of turn your camera off can, can make your life a little bit less stressful, great. Don't turn your camera on. Um, there's, you know, there's distractions, there's noises in the background. Almost every call I'm on, there's noise in the background. Um, either, and it's not it's either our side or the client side or both sides. Like there's, there's stuff and that, you know what? It's okay. It's fine. We're all going through it right now, right? There's gotta be noise. It's gotta be distraction. My son might walk in at any minute right now and say hi to both of you. You know, there's nothing stopping him really from doing that. And it's a real possibility, you know, and that's just the situation we're in right now. And that's okay. You know, so, um, you know, we're all going through this kind of weird time, but these little things like just, you know, thinking about, you know, from your employee's perspective, their new situation and trying to juggle having their kids at home and maybe they're having to go through like e-learning stuff. And they're also trying to do phone calls like, you know, just having my son in the house while I'm working is, is puts a little bit more stress on me when I'm having phone calls, especially when I'm having them with very important clients. Um, but I think it's, it's best just to tackle that stuff head on and say, yep, it's going to happen and it's OK. It's not the end of the world. Who cares if my son bursts in here right now? And wants to say hi to you guys. You know what? It'll be great. So, you know, that's kind of how we're looking at it. What little things can we do to help? So, yeah, what you're sharing is is very similar to what we heard from Lisa Van S from Magic Hack Consulting on a on a previous episode. She's a VP of HR and people and culture, and very much communicate expectations. Be very flexible. Be understanding. Be human. Be vulnerable. Brad, I want to I want to get back to the second of the two questions that I asked you. Advantages. Tell us about some of the, the strategic advantages that have helped your business. Uh, you know, aside from, well, I, I won't put answers in your mouth. What are some of the real strate strategic advantages that, that, that WebDev Studios have captured because of its remote aspect? Uh, that's, that's a great question. And initially, honestly, the reason we went remote, we started the company in 2008, um, and we are in the Jersey Shore area. So 
you know, it's a very much a seasonal, you know, area where, yes, there are locals, but, you know, primarily like the, you know, the, the population of those beach towns and stuff triples over the summer and then turns into a ghost town in the winter. Um, so not a lot of, you know, real talent in the area in terms of designers and developers and, and, and any like really good talent, you know, that go into colleges in the area usually end up in New York or Philly, you know, so um, we were having trouble finding you know, people to hire early on. So we said, you know what, let's just, let's just find some people. I think we initially started out kind of in New York and Philly area. So they're somewhat close. Um, but then we realized, you know, one of the biggest advantages of working remote is we can really find the, the right talent that we're looking for, the right people that fit our company and our culture, regardless of the location. Like we can just, they're all over the place. And we were meeting a lot of these people at going to work camps and all over the country early on. So many talented people out there. And we're like, we need to be tapping into this pool of amazing, you know, people that could work at our company because that this could really help us level up. And that's exactly what we did. So from that point forward, and that was probably 2009 or 10, um, you know, it, it, we didn't really care about location. Um, you know, we just wanted to make sure we got the right individual. So that's, I think, in my opinion, that's a massive advantage uh, because I know people, I have a lot of friends that run agencies, somewhat ours, but they're brick and mortar. They have an office and they struggle, you know, they struggle finding good talent. Um, because they're trying to find people local and so much so that they're starting to, you know, roll into more of a hybrid approach. Hey, there's my son coming to say hi. Yeah, bring him on. <laughs> Let's say hello. Let's say um, hello. I, I called it, right? Um, it, you know, so and they're kind of going into this more hybrid approach where, yes, they still have their office, but they're starting to expand their hiring and start to do, kind of, you know, remote um, hiring and building remote teams for that very reason. Um, so um, that's a huge one. And, and then also I think the obvious one just around like overhead and costs, you know, I don't have to spend 10, 20, $30,000 a month, which I would on an, on an office space that that's money. I can focus on benefits. You know, I can focus on salaries, on bonuses, on, on, you know, hardware and equipment, on all sorts of stuff that is way more valuable to my team than an office that they have to commute to, you know? So, um, that's, that's kind of the obvious one. The huge one is the financial benefits of it. Of a lot of that overhead, those costs just aren't there, which is great. Let me ask you this, uh, with a, with a team that's based, let's say across the U S certainly you've said East coast to West coast. Are you seeing, have you gotten, uh, much benefit from, for example, having an employee in a certain town in California, such that when you're starting to, uh, engage with a prospect in, not far from that area in California, you know, you might fly out there if, if it gets close enough to to kind of seal a bigger deal or sweeten a deal. But then you've got an, a local person that says, you know, we're everywhere, but also Mary's 10 minutes up the road from you. Have you seen that in any way, either anecdotally or on a, on a wider basis? Yeah, it, it does happen from time to time. I mean, we have, you know, I'm in Philly. Jody Riccelli, you, you guys both know her. She's our director of business development, is also in Philly. Um her and I travel a lot, you know, especially in this region, Philly, New York area. Um, but you know, really all over the country, we go to Seattle a lot. We do a lot of work with Microsoft. So yeah, if there's local, you know, local talent on our team, um, to a client, then we absolutely play that card, right? Like, and when we go meet them, we make sure they're going to be on the team and that they're sitting there across the table to say hi and say, yeah, this, they're local. And even better if it's a project manager, cause that's like, <laughs> that's perfect, right? Hey, your PM's local. They can come, um, and set the table for these meetings for you, uh, if need be. So yeah, absolutely. I mean, we do travel. We like to travel. We like to beat our clients. Just, so just to, just to clarify that point, like, yes, we're distributing remote, but it doesn't mean we don't like to 
to meet our clients. Um, it's extremely energizing um, to sit across the table with you know a client and talk about the project, talk about you know, and especially after it, and talk about the successes and how you know happy they are and things like that. But it's it really can motivate you and really energize you. So. Um, we look, we do love to meet with our clients. We travel quite a bit, obviously not right now, but generally speaking, we travel quite a bit, um, because it is, it, you're never going to replace that face-to-face -face interaction and just reaching across the table and shaking someone's hand or whatever we do after this is over, bumping elbows. Uh, you know, so it, you're never going to be able to replace that. And at the end of the day, if you can look someone in the eyes and, and, and shake their hand and say, you know, we're, we're here to do whatever we can to make this successful. Um, it builds a certain amount of trust that that is hard to do remote. Um, especially with clients and new clients, you know, so, um, we, d we definitely, um, you know, we, we definitely like to do that. Awesome. Well, uh, we are coming up on time here. I think that's fantastic advice. Um, uh, and an interesting thing to think about. We had a client when I was at crowd favorite who was very local to me and, and that was definitely something that we talked about and we're like, it was a very relatable way. Right? I was able to relate to them and, talk about some of the, the area places that you might not need to, you might not be able to talk about, but um, kind of as we come up on time here, uh, I'm, I'm really interested in uh, some of the, um, some of the, the processes, maybe not necessarily the tools like zoom and Slack, but um, the processes that you're using to uh, help move projects forward when you can't like get in a, a meeting room all together. Um, so maybe just real quick, can you name like a couple of things that have really helped you, uh, um, manage projects from a remote perspective? Sure. Yeah. Um, it, it's another area that's, is a disadvantage, right? Like you can't, you, we don't have like a war room where we're all huddled around a whiteboard, like hashing through some complex problem. Right. Um, you know, the nice thing is tools like zoom and, and, you know, Skype and others, um, are very interactive. There are ways to do things like that. Um, so, you know, we take advantage of those tools like Zoom and, and Slack. I mean, we, um, you know, it's it's getting a group on a Zoom call, getting cameras on when it's appropriate and really working through problems face to face and talking, even in a remote environment is actually very beneficial and you can help you work through those items uh, more so than Slack or email. You know, I always um, and even it's not directly related to your question, but also a bit of advice, especially being a remote um environment is, you know, anytime there's a bit of conflict or confusion or anything like that, whether internal with your team or with your client, like get on a phone call, get on a Zoom. Like I think sometimes, and, and this happens at our company too, sometimes we get in this rut of keeping things to text like email or Slack and things can spiral out of control quickly if there is a, if, 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 if you're out of sync with your client or, or, or the expectation is out of whack or um, you know, what you thought you were delivering is not what they thought they were receiving. Um, you know, going back and forth on email is just going to escalate that and make it worse. Right. And especially the fact that you can't really pull emotion from text. You might think, you know, and I actually had this problem in the past where I would be very short with my responses with the team that asked me a question. I'd say yes or no. I'd answer the question. And then they'd think I was mad at them <laughs> because, wow, Brad's being really short today. Like, is he, did I do something? It's like, no, I'm on a phone call and I'm responding to an email and I'm answering your question all at the same time. I answered your question, but I never really put thought into the fact that my short yes, no response, they were perceiving that as me being mad at them um, or or like they offended me. You know what I mean? So like you have to be very careful with text and emotion. So if at any point you think something's kind of getting out of whack, just hop on a, a phone call. And a bit, it's a bit of a sidetrack on your question, but 
um, I did want to put that advice out there. So yeah, I mean, you know, you got to figure out what works best for you. We get our we're teams on Zooms. We interact. We collab together. We get our clients on Zoom, you know, um, or, or Skype or Teams or whatever, and and we interact as best we can being remote. And, and you know, by and large, it we get the job done. It's just a little bit different than, than sitting in a room and kind of hashing things out on a whiteboard. Gotcha. Thank you for that. Uh, I think that's really great advice. Um, so uh, we uh, we want to thank you for joining us. We really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, if people want to learn more, where can they find you? Sure. Yeah. Um, so our company's webdevstudios.com. Check us out. And if you check out our blog, webdevstudios.com slash blog, we write a lot of really good content. Um, and, and over the years, we've written a lot of really good content on working remotely and working with clients remotely. So you can go to our blog and we have a remote work um, category that you can filter by. A lot of really good articles out there. Um, and I'm uh, on Twitter, Williams BA. So you can always hit me up there if you have any questions or anything like that. But uh, yeah, thank, I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, guys. This is fun. Brian, thanks so much for joining us. Really appreciate your your time and energy supporting the local business community in and around Philadelphia. Thank you. Thanks again to Brad for joining us this week. I love talking to Brad every time I get the chance. We are all we kind of all met in the greater Philadelphia area WordPress community. And like he said, he's been managing a remote company of 40 people uh, for uh, a decade. So, um, or they've grown to 40 people over the course of a decade. So his advice is really great. I love talking about remote work too. Uh, If you want to get all of the resources and links that we talked about, if you want to learn more about Brad, uh, you could head over to startlocal.co. All of the show notes and all of the episode notes will be there. If you are liking this podcast, it would be a great favor to both Liam and me if you could give us a rating and a review. It will really help people discover the show. So thanks so much for listening. And until next week, stay safe out there.